0: Welcome to the Wittenberg Hour. Martin Luther wrote in his mission hymn, May God bestow on us his grace, with blessings rich provide us, and may the brightness of his face to life eternal guide us, that we his saving health may know his gracious will and pleasure, and also to the nations show Christ's riches without measure, and unto God convert them. Hello and welcome to the Wittenberg Hour, where we explore big questions and discuss that which endures by means of that which has endured that scholars may endure. My name is Jocelyn Benson, and I serve as head teacher of Wittenberg Academy. What is the history of the Lutheran Church in Siberia? What might Lutherans in the United States learn from Lutherans in Siberia? What encouragement might we receive from a story of the triumph of Christianity even in the midst of totalitarianism. Wittenberg Academy's Paideia Four class, under the tutelage of Reverend Larry Bean, recently had the privilege of sitting at the feet of Reverend Litkin, Bishop of the Siberian Evangelical Lutheran Church. Please enjoy here an excerpt of that time.
1: Well, uh, as promised, I, I have a bishop for you. Um, that's important for our chess players, like bishops. Bishops are better than knights, aren't they? In the world of chess. But uh, but at any rate, this is my dear friend, uh, Bishop Sevalod Um, He is the Bishop of the Siberian Evangelical Lutheran Church. So we are in fellowship uh, with the ELC. They uh, read 1984 and also Animal Farm. Mm-hmm. So I think it's particularly poignant that we have uh, the Bishop here with us today, because as we discussed, um, Animal Farm is a parable of the Russian Revolution and of the Soviet Union up until the time that Orwell wrote the book. And uh, of course, 1984 is futuristic. It's a dystopia based on a vision of what it would look like if Communism had spread into England and into the United States around the world, and that was the objective of the USSR: was to spread communism all over the uh, all over the world. So, um, so now that you've all uh, graduated from the school of George Orwell, uh, I thought maybe that we could uh, we could discuss this with someone who kind of lived actually lived in a communist totalitarian society, the one that Orwell was. Uh, writing about. All right, so I thought maybe what I would do is kind of prompt the bishop through and kind of give, he can give you some information, and then you could ask questions. The bishop's story is very, very interesting, and it's a really inspiring um, narrative about the triumph of Christianity, even over uh, a horrible political economic system that hates Christ and hates the church. So uh, welcome, Bishop, and thank you uh, for being here. And Christianity is very old in Russia. It goes back a thousand years, right? And uh, Well, actually,
2: 2,000 years. Two, oh, with the St. Andrew. Yes, yes, yeah. yes because uh, you, you yeah. know that uh, according to the church tradition, we believe that first Christian missionary who came into our territory, St. Andrew the Apostle was. So Christianity
3: is, is old, of yeah. in,
1: in And even uh, Lutheran Christianity uh, made its way uh, into Imperial Russia at a very early date. Mm-hmm. So can you talk about Lutheranism in Russia, you know, before the revolution and then after the revolution? Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. So uh,
2: Lutheran history is also uh, quite old in in Russia and first Lutherans came into Russian territory, territory of Russian Empire, uh, just after the Lutheran Reformation. And uh, Russia uh, welcomed uh, foreigners at that time because our country uh, needed to have more specialists and engineers and well-educated people because in our country it was, always a problem with uh, education, let's say. So uh, um, many Lutherans came into Russian territory just after the Reformation and first Lutheran church building uh, was built and then consecrated at 1576. So let's say that uh, our history is also uh, old uh, in our country and Lutheran church grew up uh, very quickly and uh, also because of uh, uh, that russia uh, I'd say expanded her territory so we took some other territories we had war with sweden for example and so we took some portions of uh, swedish territory and of course this it was also a lutheran territory so mm-hmm. russia then uh, had more uh, lutheran citizens and uh, And Lutherans participated in all uh, Russian uh, history in all development of education and industry. And uh, it was a time when uh, more than half of members of Russian Academy of Science were Lutherans and uh, Lutherans were among uh, Russian uh, ministers, uh, government, uh, uh, members of parliament and governors. So, and and especially it happened because uh, uh, Lutheran Church was the second largest church in the Russian Empire. Both churches were ruled by Russian kings, Russian Tsars. So Russian Tsar was a formal leader of Russian Orthodox Church and also of Evangelical Lutheran Church of Russian Empire. So, uh, uh, and uh, because of that, Lutheran Church had uh, full uh, permission to operate, let's say, full rights in Russian Empire. Only two churches uh, had such permission, Russian Orthodox Church, as I say it, and Evangelical Lutheran Church. Mm -hmm. So Lutheran Church was the second largest uh, uh, denomination in Russian Empire, uh, let's say, before uh, so-called Russian Revolution that was, held up 1917 uh, so uh, Lutheran Church had uh, about 300 church buildings in the Russian Empire and uh, Lutherans lived everywhere almost uh, in all territory of, of, of Russia and uh, of course in Siberia from where I, I came uh, so, uh,
1: was so what happened at the revolution with the uh, Lutherans and Christians? Well, uh, uh, as I say it already,
2: uh, communists, uh, when they took power in our country, they began immediately to destroy Christianity. Uh, Their first target was uh, Russian Orthodox Church because they hated Russian Orthodox Church. And, uh, And Lutheran Church was the second target. So when they almost destroyed Orthodox Church, then they continued with uh, Lutheran Church. And Lutheran Church uh, lost uh, all her property till the middle of the 20s. So all church buildings, uh, everything church had, schools and shelters, everything was confiscated uh, from church. And uh, step by step, government began to arrest uh, Lutheran pastors and sent them into Gulags. Gulag is abbreviation uh, that uh, it is like, uh, let's say, uh, Union of uh, Concentration Camps in Soviet Union. So, uh, so uh, every year a church lost uh, more and more of her pastors. And the last uh, Lutheran pastor in Soviet Union, uh, his name was, uh, uh, Pastor Michael Bister. So he was arrested, I think, at the year uh, um, 1937 and he was sent into a prison, but he escaped from there, just uh, escaped, and he returned to his uh, town from where he was uh, arrested to Leningrad and he conducted some secret uh, liturgies in the flats of his, of his parishioners. Then he was arrested again and sent into prison where he died at 1941. <clears throat> so and he was the last last Lutheran pastor in Soviet Union, so, mm-hmm. so our church was then uh, totally destroyed.
1: But uh, some people <clears throat> maybe continued with emergency baptisms, like you said. And-
2: Yes, yes, in some, especially in some villages, in some uh, villages with uh,
1: Lutheran uh, population, Mm -hmm. yes. Now, you were not raised as a Lutheran or as a Christian, right? You were uh, were raised uh, without Christian faith? Well, uh, it is difficult to say because my
2: parents, uh, even they uh, were not Christians, but they also were not atheists. You know, you know this what this word means, atheism. Uh, so, uh, you know, um, it is uh, ironically, this word atheist, it was the word that uh, ancient Greek uh, people used uh, uh, when they speak about Jews. Mm. Because atheist uh, means a person who lives without gods so uh, if uh, when greeks uh, who were pagans and they and they have a lot of gods number of gods when they uh, look at jews they say oh they do not have our gods they are atheists yeah so uh, because uh, jews has only one invisible god but later uh, uh, this term atheism uh, uh, how to say it? changed its uh, sense. And uh, atheists are people who do not believe in any gods. Uh, of course, in reality they believe of course, because a person cannot live without any faith. So just uh, we can have, uh, co- how to say, right or correct faith, or we can have some funny faith. Uh, so mm-hmm. for example, communists, uh, they believed that they can create uh, a very good society on this earth. Let's say they believed that they can create paradise of this earth, paradise without God. So, uh, and they believe that uh, uh, time will come when people can live uh, forever on this earth. Uh, so, uh,
3: so for yeah. example,
2: you know, maybe you heard uh, that. Uh, uh, in, in Moscow, in the, in the heart of Moscow, in the Red square, there is a special uh, pagan uh, tomb where the body of uh, organizer of Russian Revolution is still uh, uh, laying there. Mm-hmm. So it is so-called mausoleum with the body of Vladimir Lenin who was organizer of Russian Revolution. It is interesting that there is a a version uh, that uh, Lenin was also Lutheran. Hmm. Uh, I'm not sure because uh, his father was Russian Orthodox and his mother was Lutheran. She was from a well-known Lutheran uh, family. Family of, uh, uh, they had some drugstores, and so her uh, parents. And uh, so theoretically he can be baptized as uh, as Lutheran but probably not because it was a time at the end of uh, uh, 19th century when it was in in such families uh, where one parent is Orthodox and another parent is Lutheran or Roman Catholic, for example. Uh, that children must be baptized in Russian
3: Orthodox Church. Mm -hmm.
2: Anyway, it was, uh, communists had such idea that they can erase Lenin from the death. So this is why they kept his body in in Mosul. Mm -hmm. So they believed that uh, paradise can be built in uh, this earth without any vote. But of course it is impossible. Only they can create a big cemetery, mm-hmm. but not a paradise.
1: Yeah. So how, how did you become a Christian then?
2: Well, uh, you know, uh, my parents, uh, uh, even uh, uh, they were not uh, Christians, but they, as I said, they were not also atheists. They uh, tried to find the truth. So they tried to find... Uh, uh, answers for religious questions they had, and so they had some. Uh, they tried to find some information. I said that it is impossible to find the Bible, but uh, but sometimes you can find religious books that some old people still uh, were still keeping. So so my parents they tried to find information, and so they also gave me such direction that I must not trust official uh, Soviet uh, propaganda. I must not trust what atheists say. So I tried to find answers uh, following my, my parents. So, my, so they gave me such example. And, and finally, I started to look for Christian books. Uh, but of course it was impossible to find Christian books, but there are many atheistic books in, in Soviet bookstores. So I purchased a lot of such books because such books also uh, included uh, quotations from Bible. Mm-hmm. Of course, uh, they put quotations only to criticize them. So Bible said this and that, but we know that it is not truth and uh, there is no God and, and so on. So, but uh, I tried to find uh, some order uh, inside uh, quotations. Uh, so, so this is a way. Uh, but it was not a unique situation. Many people in yeah. in uh, Soviet Union they uh, uh, looked for religion. Mm-hmm. So.
1: What led you to be a Lutheran?
2: Well, uh, you know, inside of my personal studies, I also. Try to find uh, the answer: uh, what uh, denomination is is uh, is better? Uh, let's say mm-hmm. what what denomination is following uh, example and tradition of the apostles. Uh, better, of course, uh, I had a, a weak message I had at that, that time.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: So, but uh, but I found that Lutheran Church is closer. Uh, among uh, different denominations uh, closer mm-hmm. to, uh, to understanding of Bible and to the teaching of uh, early church. Uh, so I decided that I must be baptized in Lutheran church and became, to become Lutheran.
1: Mm-hmm. And how did that happen in the Soviet Union uh, since it, there were no churches?
2: Well, uh, it was already a time when Soviet Union had some Lutheran churches because of occupation of uh, three Baltic states. You maybe you, you you know some history, European history that Soviet Union uh, occupied. Uh, Soviet Union liked to occupy, it, uh, mm-hmm. so of course, <laughs> and it is still so with uh, modern russia yeah. mm-hmm. but the uh, soviet union uh, occupied uh, three baltic uh, countries uh, latvia lithuania and estonia and latvia and estonia were uh, lutheran countries
3: with, with
2: people uh, with mostly lutheran christians and lithuania uh, also ha- has small lutheran church but majority of, of people are roman catholics there. So, uh, so because of that, I, I traveled to the Soviet Republic of Estonia to to be baptized there. So I was baptized in Estonia.
1: Very good. Okay. Tell us about the Siberian Evangelical Lutheran Church. When did it begin, and mm-hmm. and and uh, what is it like now?
2: Well, uh, you know, uh, as you understand from uh, what I said. Uh, it was uh, one only one uh, Evangelical Lutheran Church of Russian Empire uh, mm-hmm. b- before uh, the Russian Revolution. And uh, uh, then uh, after the revolution, uh, of course, uh, church was under very hard pressure from, from the Soviet government. And uh, our country was huge. It is, it is still huge, but it was much larger. Uh, Uh, Before and um, Lutherans who lived in Siberian part of of Russia, you you know where Siberia is. Siberia locates in the center of Russia. If you can imagine the map of our country, so Siberia is in the middle and uh, Siberia is very cold at uh, its uh, uh, north uh, part. And it is quite, better in, in in south so most of people are living in south of mm-hmm. siberia and north siberia was mostly for concentration camps
3: uh, at the time of soviet union
2: so uh, so lutherans who lived in siberia they tried to create uh independent church body at the year uh, 1926 so they tried, of course it was not successful because it was not a good time to create any any Christian uh, thing in Soviet Union. But anyway, there are some roots uh, in, at this that time. So, and uh, when Soviet Union collapsed, when uh, Soviet Union was broken into 15 portions, 15 independent countries, uh, it was in the beginning of 90s, Uh, uh, Christians began to try to restore their communities and congregations. uh, And uh, uh, Lutheran church also uh, began to, began her restoration, but um, through different ways. So mostly with help of uh, Baltic uh, Lutherans. So uh, it was uh, uh, mostly, uh, how to say? uh, So uh, it was uh, uh, several places in uh, in independent Russia where Lutheran structures uh, began to uh, be uh, created. We can say restored, but in reality, created because everything was destroyed so uh, f- mostly uh, lutherans uh, began their restoration in uh, northwest part of russia where st petersburg is uh, so but also in siberia uh, and in moscow and because of that uh, different uh, church bodies uh, were created because of mm-hmm. because of geography firstly and so in siberia uh, our church was, in the beginning, part of Evangelical Lutheran Church of Estonia. So, And then we became independent, or as we say, autocephal church, Lutheran church mm-hmm. in Siberia. Okay.
1: And how did you uh, get to become the bishop?
2: Uh, well, because of uh, European tradition, uh, the head of church is bishop. It is not uh, kind of president you know when ch- uh, how to say uh, when church is led lead- by a president it is more American idea mm-hmm. so it was it is uncommon for Europeans so uh, so I became a bishop when uh, several bishops uh, consecrated me and it happened in 2007 in, in Estonia also mm-hmm. in Uh, Cathedral of St. Mary in Tallinn. Tallinn is uh, Estonian capital
1: city. Mm -hmm. Okay. And uh, as bishop you oversee Mm -hmm. all of the pastors and all of the congregations um, but it's a very big uh, territory that you have to cover. Mm -hmm. Um, From where to where uh, do you have churches to visit?
2: Well, um, we have uh, our parishes. Uh, so let's say it is about uh, maybe it is about 4,000 miles, I think, to, territory from Moscow to, mm-hmm. to um, Siberian East. Uh, we also have some parish owners living in, um, in Russian far, far East. So it mm-hmm. is, let's say, two more thousand uh, miles. <laughs> So, but uh, Russia is huge country.
1: Yeah, yeah, and you pretty much visit most of the churches. The people mm-hmm. you make a visit to them. Yes, so, yes. Um, it's uh, that's a lot of a lot of traveling uh, that you do as a bishop. Mm-hmm. But you do get to you preach and you administer the sacrament and mm-hmm. um, and uh, baptize and, and all that. Mm-hmm. So, um, so what? Uh, um, Oh, and uh, I did want to also point out that the, we, there's a seminary in Novosibirsk where the Bishop's Cathedral is, St. Andrew's Parish, and uh, it is a, a very small uh, seminary, but it has such a a, a stellar reputation in the world. Um, it is run by um, uh, Dr. Alexei Streltsov, who also studied in the united states at fort wayne he studied in fort wayne and he is the rector of the seminary and it's uh, uh it is a very scholarly uh, rigorous program i believe five years to graduate uh from the seminary and also <clears throat> if you if a man wants to become a pastor in uh in in the siberian church he must also serve as a deacon for several years i think usually like uh five years so uh it's uh our our brother pastors in siberia are very very well trained and they're also very dedicated because they don't just you know uh serve their their church on sunday they are traveling to visit people in villages uh little groups of people who need communion and need pastoral care so it's a very different kind of um life for the clergy than it is um in uh, in the united states and canada so uh, i've met. Um, probably most of our clergy um, in Siberia. I went in 2011 and in 2015, and uh, they're a great inspiration to me, um, to because they work hard, they are committed and dedicated, um, and they uh, they they know what it is to be a servant of our Lord Jesus Christ and to serve the people um, in the in the parishes. Um, they uh, they they have to travel long distances to do it, so. Um so uh maybe uh maybe you could tell bishop about um about how different the churches are in Siberia because you have of course you have St Andrew's and then you have um you know you have St Mary's which was built um, by the government but then you have in chelabinsk uh, Holy Spirit Congregation doesn't have its own building so what are the parishes like in uh in the Siberian Evangelical Lutheran church
2: Oh well. Uh, firstly, of course, uh, our parishes are small, and but right now, uh, Lutheranism in general is a very small denomination in in Russia, sadly. But it is a result of our uh, very uh, bad uh, history in uh, during last century. So um, uh, well. Uh, There are different people of course in in our congregations and uh, if uh, we are looking on big uh, cities, uh, our congregation have uh, a lot of well-educated people. So because uh, you know that for many people, uh, let's say generally in our history, in our Lutheran history in the Russian empire, we had a lot of well-educated people. So because Lutherans, Uh, always support education. So, uh, and uh, right now, we also have uh, many people uh, who are uh, well-educated, some uh, teachers and doctors and scientists, uh, professors, for example, because uh, many people feel themselves uh, very good inside of Lutheran Church because, uh, because of culture. Uh, maybe because we are following Western liturgy, that is also uh, understandable for for many people. Uh, so, uh, but uh, there are also some village congregations with people who are not well educated, so mm-hmm. who are much simpler. So, and there are some small groups in villages, as you said. Uh, uh, because distances are large, and uh, many people, they do not have cars, mm-hmm. and it is very expensive to travel. So it is easier if a pastor comes. So some people, they just cannot uh, visit church because of distances. Yeah. So so pastor comes, uh, of course, not every Sunday or not every week, but we try to visit uh, uh, our parishioners as uh, often as we can.
1: And early in your ministry, you visited with people who were Lutherans for decades, but had no pastor.
3: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, There was a lady, I remember you told the story, who had never taken communion before. Mm -hmm. So can you explain how that happened, that you met this elderly woman who had never taken communion, and how you were able to minister to her? Mm -hmm. Well, uh, you know,
2: it was in the middle of 90s in the middle of 90s when freedom uh, already came into our country, uh, Roman Catholic Church began to, the Roman Catholic Church uh, had a special project. Uh, uh, The priests traveled uh, from one village to another in Siberia, they tried to find some Roman Catholics who survived uh, during the time of uh, communist uh, persecutions. And uh, so uh, it, it, it was very good idea, of course, because uh, it was no information and distances are huge and roads are uh, very bad, mostly ground roads. And sometimes you need to drive a uh, couple of hours through taiga, through deep forest. So, and uh, it was a, a very interesting situation when uh, Roman Catholics, uh, they, uh, they found some roman catholic villages in uh, irkutsk area near uh, baikal lake you know that baikal is a well known lake in, in siberia because it is deepest lake in the world you I'll can, spell you it can for them yes home. you can find in a map so yes you can find it is it is very interesting uh, lake uh, at the same time uh, because it is so deep uh, water is very cold there. So you mm. cannot swim. I mean, <laughs> of course you can, but uh, 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 it is not really co- comfortable, let's say, yes, uh, region. Yes, Irkutsk region, uh, it is a place, uh, you know, in Irkutsk region, it is a place where many people from Poland uh, uh, came uh, uh, at the end of 19th century, because, uh, uh, Poland was also part of Russian empire so what is the risk
1: it's a game a board game and uh-huh. it has irkutsk on it oh really it has wow. various uh, regions in uh-huh. Russia. siberia is on there uh-huh, so uh-huh. Yeah. yeah
2: yeah so irkutsk <laughs> yes uh, it is uh, it is very old town but you know you know what uh, lutheran church is very old in there it's coming in a Lutheran uh, community, let's say. And first Lutherans who came to the territory, uh, um, it was a group of Swedish soldiers who were arrested by Russian army during the war between Sweden and, uh, and, uh, and Russia. Uh, around about 30,000 Swedish soldiers were arrested and sent into siberia in, into a different towns into irkutsk into tobolsk uh, so and it was i think uh, about i do i cannot say exactly but about 6000 of of uh, swedish soldiers were sent into mm. irkutsk and uh, and they were in in a prison there a special camp for uh, soldiers and then also a pastor was sent from Sweden into Irkutsk uh, uh, to care for uh, his uh, Lutheran uh, soldiers. When war ended, then majority of Swedes returned back to uh, Sweden. But about 5,000 continued. They liked to live in Russia and so they did not want to return to their Mm -hmm. country. So, Mm -hmm. So first language, for a congregation in Irkutsk uh, was Swedish language. Mm -hmm. But then, uh, but it was a huge territory uh, for a congregation in Irkutsk. So pastors visited a huge territory. For example, uh, members of congregation in Irkutsk, they live also in Kamchatka. Do you know where Kamchatka is? Kamchatka is already uh, connects uh, to Alaska. American mm-hmm, Alaska. Mm-hmm. So if you live in Kamchatka, uh, theoretically, you can walk by ice from uh, Alaska mm-hmm. into Kamchatka. Uh, I do not want to recommend you to do this. <laughs> so, but, uh, because, because you know, generally, uh, uh, how to say, distance between Russia and America is about uh, uh, three miles, I think.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah so there's but, an island two islands that are very uh, close yeah.
2: yes yes so we are we are <laughs> not far from from each other but so it so it, it happened uh, about uh i don't know several years ago uh two british men they walked from alaska into russian territory mm. but they were arrested because they had uh, they had guns mm. because uh they of course uh, without gun you must not Walk in such place because there are some polar bears. Yeah. They right. can easily eat you. <laughs> uh, so you must have some uh, uh, weapons to defend yourself. But it is illegal to bring weapons into Russian territory, so they were arrested because of that. They had Russian visas, imagine, uh-huh. wow. but wow. but they uh, so <clears throat> but uh, with guns it was too much. Mm. <clears throat> so anyway, <clears throat> and imagine that <clears throat> pastor from Irkutsk. He, uh, uh, once uh, he made a travel to Kamchatka to visit his parish owners. And this travel was for about six months because it, is, wow. it, because it was very long uh, uh, travel. Mm-hmm. So, and, uh, so, and territory was large. Uh, and, uh, uh, and, uh, so, and uh, it was Lutheran village. Uh, Polish Lutheran village. Uh, people f- from Poland uh, came into the territory, but majority of Polish people, they were Roman Catholics, but it was also a Lutheran village. And uh, and Roman Catholic priest, when he came to that village, he recognized that inhabitants uh, of this village uh, are, do not have Roman Catholic roots, but Lutheran roots. And so he he called us because we in Novosibirsk, uh, we were the closest uh, Lutheran uh, congregation to to Irkutsk. Uh, (laughs) And and so he called us and he said, oh, come to me and we will travel together. So we arrived to Irkutsk and it was about, I don't remember, seven or eight hours drive uh, to that village and the final uh, drive was on military truck uh, because it was uh, a very bad road through taiga, and we came to that village. Uh, and imagine that uh, in this village, uh, this uh, uh, so Lutherans lived there. Uh, Lutheran pastor from Irkutsk visited uh, that this village once per year, only once per year. So he came during. Summertime, time and so he baptized uh, children, he conducted some weddings, uh, he conducted some uh, memorial uh, prayers on cemetery. And last time he came there at uh, uh, 1935. And so I was first Lutheran pastor uh, visited uh, uh, this village for 60 years. Uh, and it was interesting, of course, to, to talk. It was a, a very old man uh, in this village who baptized uh, uh, babies uh, as emergency baptism. Yeah, so, of course, uh, for a church, it is a little bit unusual because uh, there are pastors to baptize children. So, but, but if there, is, there are no pastors at all, then uh, it is better... That layman uh, baptizes, uh, then nobody baptizes, Mm -hmm. let's say. So, and it was very interesting for me to meet uh, with people. I uh, spent about a week in this village and we spoke, I spoke a lot with people in there. So, and I spoke also with an old lady. Uh, I asked her if she knows what uh, uh, Holy Communion is. And she said that uh, I, she, was never, uh, she never took Holy Communion uh, because no pastors there. But she knows what it is because her mother taught her about it. And so he quoted just uh, from memory portion of Luther's small catechism uh, about uh, uh, what Holy Communion is. So it was, it was very interesting. Uh, right now, there are still some Lutherans living in this village, but uh, most of them, I mean, most of their children, of course, uh, they moved to larger towns. And, mm-hmm. and uh, some of them are members of our parish in Angarsk. Angarsk oh. is, uh, is a town, it is like suburb of Erkutsk. We have uh, okay. our congregation
1: there. Any church schools or education besides the seminary?
2: We, we don't. It is, uh, you know, especially because we are very small and we cannot, we are very small, very poor. We cannot have schools because of Mm -hmm. uh, uh, that. But also in our country, it is very difficult. It is a big problem with uh, uh, bureaucracy, corruption, and it is very difficult to open uh, public school or kindergarten, uh, so. No. It, it was also very difficult to start the seminary and we have a lot of limitations from government. So for example, uh, we cannot have more than, I don't remember for sure, but I think 16, more than 16 students in our seminary. It is not uh, so. So we so Lutheran Church doesn't have, uh, mm-hmm. <clears throat> Roman Catholic Church has, uh, the public school in mm-hmm. so I, But as I know, the level of education is not very high. So mm-hmm. they cannot find good uh, teachers for mm-hmm. uh, their school. Uh, so, and there are, I think, two or three Russian Orthodox Church uh, high schools. And uh, one of them has uh, more or less good education.
3: Mm-hmm. So,
2: and uh, to others, I, I don't know.
1: And then, uh, <clears throat> Joanna, similarities between communist Russia and America.
2: Well, uh, uh, I don't think there are many similarities in reality. Of course, you know, the problem is that uh, uh, that uh, Soviet propaganda uses the same uh, terminology, as many liberals here in America, this is of course a problem. So uh, that everybody must be equal, and so mm-hmm. on. Uh, it is impossible to be equal. You know, I mean, we will maybe only in cemetery. <laughs> yes, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know,
3: uh,
2: uh, well, uh, uh, com- communists—they uh, mostly they are liars uh, and liberals are also liars, I think, because uh, people are different. So let all us to be different. And if a person, for example, is more educated or more talented, more gifted uh, than others, why he must be the same, you know? Mm-hmm. So
3: uh,
2: it, is not, it is not a good idea, uh, I think. Of course, for, for Soviet communists, they tried, to uh, make all people the same. So uh, and uh, but uh, uh, this is why our country is not uh, developed uh, and uh, you know we do not have good technologies, uh, for example. Uh, so because uh, uh, we do not we do not have freedom. So we use Western technologies. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, even right now.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: So, but uh, this uh, another problem is that uh, uh, e- economically, uh, people must also be different. So, if somebody is not working, why he has money? For example, uh, so it it is a it is a very big temptation, and mm-hmm. we we. Uh, observe that here in America right now it is it is also very big temptation. Uh, for, for for example, you know, people can work and have money, and another person is not working, and he also has money? Mm-hmm. So why to work
3: then? Yeah. So
2: there is no uh, value for for work. Mm-hmm. So and then. Uh, society is just going down, it, it, it yeah. could be here in, in, in America. But at the same time, uh, you have a lot of freedom here. And this freedom uh, came because of, uh, because of Christian faith, mostly because of your Christian uh, foundation, because Christianity always gives uh, freedom to, to people. So just, it is important to, to keep uh, this freedom. Yeah, for sure.
1: And then Ethan has a question: How much suffering do you think you were spared because you were taught to not trust government propaganda? Oh, you must be grateful that your parents taught you this—not huh? to not to believe mm-hmm. propaganda. Of course, of
2: course. But yeah. let's say that God is working through
3: that way
1: also, because
2: you, you know that God wants all people to be saved, as it is written in. Mm-hmm. Uh, First Timothy, uh, so it, it is really God's desire to save people, so mm-hmm. it, it is. there is not any person who is outside of God's love, so, mm-hmm. and uh, of course uh, I'm very thankful to my parents and to their parents also, and so, but, uh, so.
1: Your mother is a member of your parish, right? Yes, yes, and actually, I baptized her. Yeah. Uh, so she gave life to you, and you gave life to her. Huh? So yes, yeah, so this is how it works. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What really amazes me um, is uh, how stubborn Christianity is. You know, uh, every time in the world when some dictator or uh, government tries to destroy it, it they destroy a lot of it but they never destroy all of it. And then it comes back like, we're like weeds. Mm-hmm. We Christians are like weeds. It's impossible to destroy us. But, uh, but it also, um, we should remember so many people who did were courageous, who suffered um, the concentration camps, the gulags, the persecution um, in Russia and in all many, many places around the world. And uh, it is our cross as Christians that we may be called upon at any time to suffer uh, for the sake of the gospel and uh, to meet people in Siberia whose families, you know, suffered hard persecution. You know, we have a soft persecution here, but the people that lived under the hard persecution and um, even to this day, I think it's fair to say it's not easy to be a Lutheran in Russia because there's so many people who are not Christians or the Russian Orthodox Church maybe looks down a little on them. Lutheran people. So um, it's uh, our brothers and sisters in Russia, they need our prayers. And, um, and uh, um, I know that our seminary in Fort Wayne has trained a lot of the men who went back went to back to uh, Russia to train other pastors and and other lay people and lay people too. So and, and, and um, as as you all um, are moving into the, t- the age where you're going to have your own families, your own children, Um, Please remember how important it is to teach them the faith uh, from a very young age, teach them the catechism, teach them to memorize things. You don't know what will happen in the future. Uh, At any time, uh, uh, a dictatorship could arise or persecution could happen. and We need to understand, uh, you know, we've had it easy for a long time in America. Maybe we will, maybe we won't. But your children and your grandchildren are depending upon you uh, to teach them, bring them to the church, and uh, and baptize them, of course, and continue the, to teach, teach them the faith and live the faith. Because children look at their parents. If you're living the faith, they will live the faith. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, so please uh, continue uh, in that in that regard. Uh, it, it, I mean, it's it's so wonderful to think about. You know. Um, Bishop Sevelot and I live on opposite sides of the planet. We grew up in completely different languages and cultures and yet we're brothers in Christ and we have brothers and sisters in Christ all over the planet. And even Lutherans, we have Lutherans all over. You know, you you go to a a liturgy in Novosibirsk and, and you you know, maybe even if you don't speak Russian, you know what's going on in the liturgy. They're doing the Lord's Prayer. They're consecrating the elements. They're they're singing a hymn that, you know, the tune. So um, it is a great treasure that we have. So uh, we need to guard that treasure um, and pass it along uh, to future generations as well. Thank you again, Bishop. Thank you. We're really honored, honored to have you uh, join our classroom.
0: Thank you for joining us today for the Wittenberg Hour. Be sure to subscribe to the Wittenberg Hour so as to not miss an episode. If you would like to learn more about Wittenberg Academy, please visit our website at wittenbergacademy.org. You can like and follow Wittenberg Academy on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Join us again next time on the Wittenberg Hour.